Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 399. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. Today, we're gonna take a little different tact and I have an interview for you, which is interesting because I really think entrepreneurship has an important place in wealth building. I do think it is one of the pillars of wealth. And I think having a luxury brand business or whatever kind of business you wanna have is an important way to build wealth in the future. I just feel that entrepreneurship is going to be so much bigger in the future. I think someday it could be the inverse of what we see corporations being today, where people are more likely to be an entrepreneur than they are to work for someone else. After all, working in a corporation has only been around for a few decades. It hasn't really been around that long because before that, people were out in the fields farming and then they came in to work in factories and then they moved into corporations and more kind of white collar jobs and desk jobs. And now I think the next phase is really entrepreneurship. And for people to have their own business, be able to operate from anywhere with a computer and be able to generate income online, whether you have a physical location or not. I think the future of entrepreneurship is enormous and I don't think it's getting as much attention as it should. I think that entrepreneurship is really gonna turn everything on its head and people are going to be able to start a business for very low money, but yet have a global audience. And I think we've just begun to scratch the surface of that. I don't even think we've really seen the power of that model happening yet but I really do think that it's an important concept for people to learn about. And that's why I wanted to bring it to your attention in a short interview with Raul that's interesting and brings in different things like branding and learning about entrepreneurship and sticking with it. I hope you enjoy what we have to say. Here we go. Today, I'm so excited to have on the podcast with us Raul Davis Jr., who is a global expert in CEO branding and co-author of the book Firestarters about entrepreneurship. How are you, Raul? I'm doing great, and you? I'm doing awesome. It's so fantastic to have you here. I've been wanting to talk to you about your great book. I've been reading it and learning so much about entrepreneurship, and I thought it would be just fun to have a conversation about kind of trends in entrepreneurship rather than about, you know, becoming a successful entrepreneur. So I wanted to ask you, what do you think about entrepreneurship? Is that becoming more important than it's been in the past? It, it's, a, it's a lot more important and, and it's continuing to increasingly become so because not only is entrepreneurship a way to make money, we're, we're now discovering it as a way to really kind of shift the world. I mean, take a guy like Elon Musk who 
has created this, this SpaceX initiative because he wants to get humanity to Mars in case there's an extinction-level event on Earth. It won't wipe out humanity. I would call that a pretty important entrepreneur venture. <laughs> I think that's kind of mind-boggling that someone is thinking at that level, and thank goodness some people are, but uh, not all of us think that big. So can we bring it down to uh, a more normal entrepreneurship level, and do you think those everyday entrepreneurs are more or less important than they've been? Well, I, I think even at the everyday level, it's important because there's job creation involved, right? There's there's family legacy involved. There is quality of life involved. So for, I think, every entrepreneur, like when you kind of look at the way our economy moves and the, the way we're able to make an impact, you know, social socialpreneurs has grown significantly. You have B Corps, which are companies focused around um, not only just profit, but positively impacting humanity. So I think that entrepreneurship has become a lot more weighty in terms of not only its economic impact, but in terms of what it does in terms of quality of life and the, the ripples it can kind of create, the influence that can be made. Yeah. I think it's exciting to see all the new things, just all the new industry sprouting up and new technology. And I think the internet has really helped with entrepreneurship and just making it easier for people to become entrepreneurs. Do you agree with that? Yes, and, and, and I think it's a dual-edged sword. So what we're also kind of seeing is that you have a lot of people thinking entrepreneurship is easy now because of the internet, and they're learning some hard lessons. <laughs> so... Um, the opportunity we have online is significant because when you think about social media, we're able to reach millions of more people just very quickly. We're all more interconnected in a way that we haven't been before. At the same time, we don't need to take that for granted. So I think it becomes important to be as diligent and as strategic and as focused as entrepreneurs of previous generations have been applying that same strategy and focus, but just having more tools to increase your reach is, a, is how I would want people to look at it. Yeah, I agree. It's easier than ever to reach people. And thank goodness entrepreneurs don't have to pay for direct marketing, for you know expensive advertising in newspapers and television. They can do inexpensive Facebook ads that are way more targeted than they've ever been in the past. But, right, and let's take another example. So, you know, it used to be all about cold calling, right? Now, you take something like LinkedIn, and you can find your potential customers on there, develop connections and rapport. I mean, I even look at our business, and we've probably done around 33% of our revenue this year. It's been generated from LinkedIn connections. Interesting. And, and is that... Like you said, it's uh, organic LinkedIn, not advertising on LinkedIn. Correct, organic LinkedIn. Just building strategic connections and then doing follow-up with them to generate calls and then exploring it from there. So you mentioned that you think some people think that entrepreneurship is easier. I know, you know, I worked in the corporate world for most of my career and then became an entrepreneur the last several years, and I feel like it's been like getting an MBA or more because it's just been a real long learning curve, much longer than I expected. So why do you think people are thinking it's so easy now? 
Well, I think people end up taking some of the tools for granted. They end up taking the fact that, you know, email allows us to communicate with more people. Social media allows us to have more reach. And they they end up being a little bit, I think, lazy sometimes uh, because they rely too much on the technology. The truth of the matter is that it's a skill set to get someone to open your email. It's a skill set to have social media content that's truly engaging. And what it all boils down to and what we work with our clients on is the difference between having a 20% engagement rate on a Facebook or in Twitter versus 7 or 8% is everything. And it really ends up boiling down to how engaging are you making that content. So it's not just... Uh, factory, which is what I see a lot of people doing social media on autopilot. They basically just think you can put anything out there and it's going to work for you. But you've got to craft it. You've got to know your audience. You've got to know how to message to them. And, you can, and you've got to know how to read the data. So how are people responding? What are they responding to? And what adjustments do you make going forward? So you're really using metrics and data to measure effectiveness and then try to improve that consistently. Correct. And, and, and I think too many people just kind of do this on autopilot. And, and too many people, even in terms of writing emails, oftentimes, you know, are doing templated emails. And the ones who end up getting the business are ones that are being a little bit more thoughtful and strategic. Yeah, and probably have a stronger brand. I mean, you work in branding. So I would say probably you're, you're coaching people about having that stronger brand and really standing out from the crowd and what they can do to Well, the, thing, the whole thing about that is, you know, I, I think about what my mentor, Chris Collins, taught me. He says you can get branded or you can get labeled. And when you think about that, what does it mean? So being branded is kind of like having a fist fully formed. It has a lot of force. When you hit something, it makes more impact. Being labeled is like having five loose fingers. So, People are thinking of you differently, they're describing you different ways, and there's not as much synergy in the marketplace. I mean, take a look at what happened to Jeb Bush in 2015 when Trump labeled him low energy. Bush had not been able to build a brand that was able to tolerate that hit, and he didn't figure out a way to build a strategy going forward. And so the guy who was a favorite all of a sudden floundered. So the stakes are very high as it relates to your brand, and you've got to just make the decision. Do you want to influence how people perceive you, or do you want that to be loose and, and have a brand that's by default? Yeah, those are really good points. Do you think that this is something that should be taught in schools? Because we don't really hear a lot of these things or these concepts until we become an entrepreneur. Well, it's, it's interesting because... Um, you, you have to wonder kind of how you teach it in school, right? And what do you replace it? Like, and that, that was one of the things. I, I was actually at a Rotary meeting, and we had an educator, and we were kind of talking about every time you put something in, you got to take something out. So um, I, I would love to see finances taught, right, your topic. I mean, I would probably prioritize that, number one, looking at the amount of debt and other challenges we run into. So how does that translate back to a beginning entrepreneur who's just starting out? Like what most investors do in a pitch scenario is they often will ask a question just to test the temperament of the entrepreneur. 
Because if they get bothered and agitated over a question in a pitch session, the assumption is they won't handle a crisis well within their business. So you're giving off your so you can you can manage your brand perception in that moment by showing that you have flexibility and that you aren't easily bothered. For instance, um, another example is confidence matters so much, right? Like when you are in the conversation talking to somebody as an entrepreneur in your early stage, people are going to ask you questions, they're going to ask you difficult questions. Whether or not you're able to respond to those fluidly or you end up shifting your eye contact, that cue is your brand. Whether or not you're showing confidence or whether you look more reserved. So all those things add up together. So are you a fan of starting out bootstrapping or working with venture capitalists? I tend to like bootstrapping because nobody knows what they're doing at the beginning. And it, it, it's going to be, from my perspective, more valuable if you figure out how to be successful bootstrapping and then you get infused with capital later. Yeah, because you can find out what's really working, what do people really want, what are they buying, what products are successful before you really invest a lot of money in it. Yeah, I mean, because the other thing about having access to money too quickly is it can make you stupid and silly. So you end up spending because you have it as opposed to spending because you've been strategic. Right. It's something like 77% of the wealthy are from people who are self-employed, and a lot of those people are professionals like dentists and doctors and lawyers who have their own businesses, but there are many reasons why those professions may not be the big income earners in the future, and that entrepreneurs of other types are going to come in and take those positions in terms of be the big money earners. What do you think? Do you think it's business people that are going to be big money earners in the future? Well, I think there's going to be um, a couple classifications. So, yes, I think it will continue to be business owners. And then what we see now is it's about how you end up investing that money as well, the business you're in, right? So um, I think people's ability to understand the market, people's ability to analyze, you know, maybe cryptocurrencies or whatever the next thing after cryptocurrencies will be, but um, not only how do you build wealth, but how do you accelerate it? So I, I think I think that will end up being the, the biggest factor going forward. And really helping people manage and, and grow their wealth? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's just really interesting because there's so much opportunity that didn't exist even 15, 20 years ago before the Internet. It, it, it seems odd to even think before the Internet how businesses could be successful. It was in a lot of ways, much more challenging. Like you said, you have to learn all these new techniques and, and things, but you definitely can scale a lot faster and larger and have a global business. The thing about being a successful business owner is kind of having this relentless attitude of your plan B is going to be that your plan A works. <laughs> and, and that's something I got from uh, Marcus Colston, who used to play the New Orleans Saints. It's, it's that you've got to believe so much in it and be relentless about it. And I think that's what ends up causing people who are the most successful, who are building the most wealth, is that they're just relentless about being successful. And while the act specific activity they are engaging in may not work, 
they decide that we're going to figure it out, so they keep working at it until it gets figured out. The thing about it is we're able to overcome the circumstances and keep focused on the outcome. So you can always make a decision. You should be realistic about your circumstances, but laser focused on your outcome no matter what. Yeah, I agree with that. And I also say that wealth building and becoming wealthy is a decision. That's one of the most important decisions to make is that you want it. And so you're saying the same thing about success as an entrepreneur is that you have to decide you want it and you're going to make it happen no matter what. Anything else you want to say, Roel, about how people can contact you or your website? Yes, sure. You can absolutely feel free to reach out to me at AscendantStrategy.net. And please do grab a copy of the book at Amazon.com. And I really enjoyed the conversation today. Great. Me too. Thanks so much, Roel. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.